You are listening to South by Southwest Sessions. Thank you. Hi, welcome everyone. Thanks for coming out. So I'm Val Vacante. Um, Abby did a great job with our introductions. She did. <laughs> and there we are. Um, Vicki and I on screen there. Please, um, we'd love to connect with everyone after, after the session. So today's session, you know, we're going to talk about being a creative catalyst and really what it takes to innovate. And our first chapter here is all about beyond boundaries. You know, what does it take to innovate in an organization? What does it mean to be an entrepreneur uh, in a big organization and kind of breaking down walls, breaking down barriers and um, being part of the Rebel Alliance, I guess, right, Nikki? <laughs> Sometimes it feels like that. Um, and then really the focus on that resilience and creativity. So we're gonna jump in here and uh, Vicki and I are gonna kind of tag team on this section, but we really wanted to share with you guys these sort of uh, core pillars, these shared pillars that we have as uh, innovators. So kind of going along the top there, you know, when we think about alignment, you know, it's really important to get, um, you know, the overall company mission, vision, goals, and all those key stakeholders, you know, really aligned on the same page. Um, and we think about diverse perspectives. Now, more than ever, it's so important to include diverse perspectives. Everything from uh, recruiting to team design, so being really thoughtful in terms of how teams are designed. Um, looking at different places for recruiting. Not everybody needs a sophisticated degree. Some people are self-taught. There's loads of tools out there um, and a lot of uh, gritty, solid experts out there. Um, the other thing we want to talk about is sort of the importance of planning, uh, funding, and measures of success. So one of the things when it comes to innovation um, I guess probably the biggest way companies set up their, their innovation teams for failure are holding them accountable to those same KPIs um, across the organization. So it's really important when you think about measures of success um, that it is different things like, hey, what did, we, what did we learn? Like we're in the business of learning, right? Um, and then the other thing, you know, when we, when we talk about it, it's really about the importance of creativity culture, curiosity, like you have to be curious. You have to turn over every rock uh, when you're in the business of innovation. And then also uh, exploration. So you can see Chewie and Hans in the middle there um, and really exploring, uh, creating test and learn opportunities and, uh, excuse me, exploring new partnerships, new technologies, um, artists, you know, all of these things and kind of mix and merging them together. And then being an entrepreneur. So inside of an organization, you know, treating that innovation lab or hub as a business of, business of its own um, and growing it. Um, and then when we think about timing, I think if you're an innovator, timing is everything. Some, it's either your friend or foe. If you get the timing right, you know, you can soar and sail. Sometimes you have the great idea, but the timing's not always right. Um, so really important there. 
And then resilience. So Vicky and I, we were backstage and we were talking about like the importance of, you know, every time you get knocked down, get back up uh, and just do it. And I said, I wore my Nikes today because we're just doing it when it comes to innovation. <laughs> um, and then communication, right? So there's going to be loads of failures. As I mentioned, you'll get knocked down a bunch, but, um, but really communicating those learnings is key. Um, and I know Vicki has some really great insights on all of these key pillars, so share with us. Well, I'm curious, actually, how many of you would consider yourselves entrepreneurs? So working inside a large company and trying to do startups. How about entrepreneurs, your own outside startups, okay? Wow. And how about people that are just trying to push a creative vision? Okay. Um, it's interesting because all of the things that Val said are very, very relevant. But the timing one just struck me now because I was thinking about the fact that literally 2022 is my 30th year with Lucasfilm. And one of the, I've had two like really defining career moments um, over that 30 year span. But the first one was actually in the early 90s. And I got sort of pulled into, because I am sort of an innovator at heart, I got actually moved around the company to drive various um, agendas. And at the time, there was a group called Lucasfilm Learning that was doing you know, pioneering work in um, interdisciplinary multimedia. And what we were working at is at the intersection of um, high-fidelity uh, media uh, interactivity, storytelling, and then obviously in service of education in this particular case. So at that time, we were doing it with a computer-driven laser disc player. Most of you probably don't even know what that is. Uh, it was pre-CD-ROM. Um, but what was really interesting about it is we did a, a proof of concept that was called Paul Park Ranger and the Mystery of the Disappearing Ducks. And we did it in, in partnership with the Audubon Society and Apple. And I've been really struck as I've been working in VR about how we were probably literally about two to three decades ahead of our time. Um, because the way this experience was set up was really actually perfect for VR. It was like you're, you know, you're in a world and you're experiencing a mystery, in this case, the case of the mis uh, disappearing ducks. So timing is everything. Um, I learned a lot from that experience, but to be perfectly honest, we ended up having to shut it down um, because we just couldn't make it work from, from a business perspective. I even tried setting it up as a nonprofit, um, but it was, it was at the same time that George was establishing the educational foundation, so it, it didn't make sense to have a duplicate um, uh, activity like that. Another thing, you know, this idea of um, alignment and, you know, of course, what Val was saying, measures of success. Um, for us, alignment means a lot of different things. We've, we founded ILMX Lab in 2015, so about seven years ago. And we were, you know, trying to pioneer an immersive storytelling using, you know, VR, AR, et cetera. These were very unproven markets. Um, in fact, there was we were you know literally developing in advance of any commercial um, consumer release, and to do that successfully within a large company like Disney, we had to do it in a way that really minimized the risk. And the way we did that was we went out in search of partners where we had aligned goals. 
and um, that's how we, you know, essentially went into partnership with Oculus because at the time they were preparing to launch the Quest, the the initial Quest, and um, you know, so they were they were excited about having a large IP like Star Wars to help drive um, hardware sales, and we were excited because it was a brand new. Um, platform and, and device that was tetherless, which offered us, you know, many, many opportunities, including um, working with a lightsaber. But that aligned goals. We had different goals, but they were aligned. And that was very important, and that was actually foundational to our um, extended partnership with Oculus, now, now Meta. And then the one other thing I really wanted to um, underscore is what Val was talking about, about diverse perspectives. And she said it, and I'll say it again. Now more than ever, we need to be incredibly conscious about um, getting diverse voices in all aspects of what we do, from the creative process to the development process to the distribution, marketing, etc. And we've worked really, really hard to try to um, um, be involved in various kinds of initiatives that help us broaden um, that audience. So those are kind of my highlights for, um, you know, for entrepreneurship and entrepreneurship, really. Great. So in our second chapter here, you guys, we're really going to talk about pioneering the future, excuse me, and these real-world examples uh, and lessons learned. So, um, so yeah, this should be fun, you guys. The first one, um, I'll actually take you through. This is um, Next Intelligence. It's actually at Merkle, uh, a Dentsu company. One of the things we have is Next Intelligence. Um, and it's basically 12 different solutions that we work with companies, everything from new technologies, you know, innovation, scouting and testing, to optimizing brand experiences. Um, this, first, this first one I'm going to share with you. I picked um, two of my most favorite projects to share with you guys today. Uh, this first one, uh, it's Next Innovation Scouting, and I'm just going to jump into the video here. I am Valerie Vicante, Director of Strategy and Product Innovation at Merkle, a Dinsu company, and I am joined here today with Jared Wade with Hasbro. Jared, tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi, Val. Well, I'm the Senior Vice President of Design Innovation and Inventor Relations here at Hasbro. And glad to be here with you. Both of us work in innovation roles, and there's always new platforms, new startups, new brands. And really what we're here today to talk about is accelerating innovation. Tell us a little bit about some of the innovation opportunities and challenges you know, that you face every day. Well, I think one of the biggest challenges is how many opportunities are out there. The pace of innovation is so fast these days. So many new emerging technologies. You know, our role is really to find those ones that are most ripe for bringing to the consumers, uh, so that we're accelerating. You know, the ones that are are ready to go and ready to be accepted. Obviously, keeping up is is always tough. So, uh, tell us a little bit about how you guys bring that outside in perspective into the organization. It's such a great uh, inventor community around the globe that we work with, uh, and partners such as yourselves who are able to bring us in contact with those new startups or new technologies that we may not be seeing, new adjacent industries, and making sure that we're 
open to all of those experiences uh, to find the unexpected. You know, over the years, we've done some phenomenal work in the innovation scouting space. And probably one of my most favorite assignments was doing innovation scouting in Brazil, teaming up with Hasbro UK, Hasbro USA, Hasbro Brazil. It was great because there weren't many constraints. It wasn't, hey, who are the new toy gaming or entertainment? companies in Brazil that we need to know about. It was, hey, what technologies, who are the people or potential partners that'll help accelerate our overall portfolio? We actually ended up distilling down over 500 plus companies, startups, accelerators, down, 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 and then actually get boots on the ground in Brazil, meeting those companies, you know, and eventually designing pilots together. So that's a great example of how we can reach out and see things that we wouldn't normally be looking for, but then create these great opportunities, uh, especially when it comes to different industries, uh, different partners that we would, wouldn't have known about otherwise. Uh, that's where real magic happens in those unexpected partnerships and uncovering possibilities that, you know, two groups independently might not have thought of, but together we can create something really special. Jared, thanks so much for sharing your perspective and thanks so much for being a great partner over the Years. Oh, thanks to you too, Val, and thanks for being a great partner. Okay, so now Vicki is going to share uh, one of her experiences with us. Here you go. So I think that's for Darth Vader up there, hopefully. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the journey that we went through with um, on Vader Immortal. So Vader Immortal was the first VR um, project that we did for the home. It was developed for the Oculus Rift and for the Oculus Quest. And I think everybody knew at the time that the early adopters of VR were likely to be gamers. Um, but our vision was really about interactive narrative. And we had done some experimentation, and that was one of the things that, that Val talked about, experiment, the importance of experimentation, and I can't underscore that enough. Um, I also really applaud um, Oculus for taking that leap of faith with us and believing that there was something powerful in creating a, a three-part um, interactive uh, story series. But one of the things um, was that we we had to understand what was special about um, VR. And actually, I do this even now. Whenever I do a VR experience, I say, why was it done in VR? Mm -hmm. Could it have been done any other way? Could it have been done as a short film, um, for example? And if the answer is it had to be in VR, then I think there's really something there, and it's speaking to the strengths of the individual platform. So um, the... One of the things that we did is we, we started down a path where we thought we wanted to be observers. And the story was essentially unfolding around us. And we had this sort of um, aha moment where we were like, well, that's not leaning into the strengths of VR at all. VR has the ability for you to be at the, at the center of the experience. It was an interactive experience um, after all. But so we wanted it to be about your experience but we had to confirm for ourselves that you could really connect with a character in a meaningful way in VR. 
So we did an initial test, and for any of you that's, that have done Vader Immortal, it actually exists in the final product in almost the same form. So you're in a, a cell, and um, the, the door opens, and Darth Vader walks toward you, and it's sort of the, you know, the heavy breathing and the um, footfalls and so forth, and he comes up and he looks you directly in the eye, which is something we can do in VR. And he, he delivered a line of dialogue. And honestly, it was so impactful that almost no one heard the dialogue. They were just struggling to process the fact that they were now face-to-face with Darth Vader. But it proved for us that power of connection. And, you know, I would say the two strengths of VR are the power of presence, so the power of being there, being in a world, and the power of connection. So I wanted to um, share the trailer from episode three, which was my personal favorite. It's really the culmination of your journey. It, you know, you see the places that you've been over the course of these three different episodes and all the characters that you've met, whether they're light and dark. But at the end of the day, this was really your adventure. Did you think you could become my apprentice? You were a means to an end. But now you have outlived your usefulness. Only you can face Vader. We need an army for that. You have an army. great, right? You guys ready to get in the game? (laughs) This is a story, excuse me. (laughs) Um, Yeah, you're right, Vicki, that is really powerful when Darth Vader comes up to you. If you guys haven't experienced, you you have to try it. (laughs) Um, Cool, so the the next one I'm going to share with you guys um, in our next intelligence um, platform is Product Playground. And this is really where we get... uh, we get immersed in how people are living and how they're playing and interacting with different products and, uh, and a little behind the scenes of what's happening uh, at Stuntworks at Mattel. So I'll just play the video here. Hi, I am Valerie Vacante, the Director of Strategy and Product Innovation at Merkel a Dinsu company, and today we're gonna to go behind the scenes of Mattel Stuntworks with Gary Cody. Gary, tell us a little about yourself and what you're working on. Hello, Val. Hello, everybody at South By. Yep, we are an internal in-house incubator team 
and we are tasked with zigging when other teams internally are zagging, right? So we've got diecast teams, track sets, play sets, all these teams that do that part of the business day in, day out. We are looking for opportunities for the future of play, the future of vehicle play. At Hot Wheels, our mantra is actually challenge accepted. That is something you'll hear on a daily basis. So one of my favorite projects that we probably worked on was the product playground. And that's where I was sort of boots on the ground going into retail locations, also you know, shopping for the product, bringing the product in homes with kids and families, playing, you know, then sketching out ideas on how the product might be better, um, and then really distilling that information out and bringing it to the design and innovation team to help sort of inspire and ignite other ideas. We try and strike a balance between internal and external because internal at Mattel. There's no question we have the best in class talent uh, in our industry. Working with folks like yourself, other industry experts, people in our industry, in adjacent industries. That's the benefit also of going externally is that you can really get fresh-eyed approach, fresh-eyed feedback, and a lot of that feedback is unfiltered and there's no bias towards like, oh, well, can you produce it like this? And does it fit this requirement? Does it fit this shelf space? Like, you know, there's none of that. So it's, it's great. So let's talk about the future now. What does the future of play look like? At Stuntworks, we believe uh, as the virtual world uh, around us becomes more immersive, that it will open up opportunities for play. Blockchain, Web3, crypto, decentralized kind of anything, peer-to-peer, -peer, owning my own content. All of that is really super, super fascinating. And what's been interesting is exactly where where Mattel has sort of put their toe in the water and, and kind of jumping in in some areas, right? Mattel launched Mattel Creations with the Cybertruck as the first item, in, the first toy into this new space where we're going even closer uh, to consumers and, and delivering uh, consumers play experiences at different price points and things that maybe don't fit the conventional model. It's exciting to see how you guys are experimenting um, with these different play experiences. Yeah, we are definitely taking swings and you know we're, we're not afraid to swing and miss, but it is critical to know why you missed and uh, talk about it and to be okay with it and to try and get up, get up to the plate and swing again. That's what we're here to do. That's you have to, if you're working in innovation, you've got like a stack of failures, but those wins are, are home runs, right? <laughs> yeah, we hope so. Challenge accepted. Here you go, challenge accepted. Thank you all and have a great South by. Until next time. Now we're gonna jump into a very cool experience with Porgs. <laughs> so another area that we were experimenting with is um, is AR, and um, you know we all know that VR allows us to transport you to another world, but AR allows us to see our world differently. And we were very interested in um, this idea of virtual companions. And what would it be like if you had um, characters that lived in our world? So, as I was saying before, you know, experimentation is actually key. And um, it's important to understand, you know, what storytelling looks like with these new technologies. So, um, 
this was, a, as I said, an experiment that we did with Magic Leap. Um, and I'm just going to play the video, but it, it helps to see what the goals of our project were. The story of Project Porg is that Chewbacca has left a device along with a Porg and C-3PO has sent a message that explains how you can take care of it. <gasps> oh my god. Project Porg is an aspirational experiment and it's important because we can spark people's imagination about what's going to be possible in the world of mixed reality. Chewbacca suggests you try offering the Porg in a treat. Mixed reality places you at the center and an experience can start at the home, continue throughout the journey and culminate in this transformative destination. So one of the really interesting outcomes of this, again, it was it, this was specifically produced as an experiment. Um, it wasn't sold, um, but it was released to the developer community in, in Magic Leap. And the way it was designed uh, was in like roughly 10-minute segments. So there were like, uh, I think there were seven 10-minute segments. And right before we were going to release it, I had to um, do all of the segments in succession. So I was like in the um, glasses for over an hour with the porgs. And uh, when I took the, the headset off, I was actually quite surprised because in VR, anybody that's done VR knows that when you pull the headset off and you know you go from being in another world into our world again, it's actually quite abrupt. Um, but I wasn't expecting that same feeling uh, when I pulled off AR glasses because I was still in my world. But the porks were gone. And I actually had this incredible sense of loss. And I realized that over the course of you know an hour or so, I had become really quite attached to the porgs. And they were much like pets. So it underscored for me um, really the, the power of AR. And um, when you have characters that are acting in, in meaningful in ways and in character, um, it can be really powerful. One thing that I um, wanted to mention also is, is that we, when we did um, present this at Magic Leap Conference, we attached the um, experience to smart devices. So the porgs would interact with smart devices like speakers, television, um, lights, etc. And the beauty of it is it they interacted in character. So they did things like, for example, um, they really liked music. And, and if you turn the speakers off, they'll turn them back on. And not only will they turn them back on, they'll turn it to Star Wars. Um, and so there was just like, you started to understand like this, the power of virtual companions that are with their own sense of personality. I, I love that story. I think we all need porks in our life. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, what does the future hold? And you know, we talked, we shared a little bit of um, perspective on on our specific projects. But now we're going to talk about the future of connected experiences overall. 
Um, and here are some really great numbers. So any of you all working in you know, technology or emerging tech or anything, these are really great numbers. Um, you know, kind of starting at the top here, you know, we're seeing a 2,100% increase in NFTs. That was just in Q1 alone this year. Uh, the metaverse itself, there's a 509% increase. I think we've all heard the word metaverse, I don't know how many times, right, during South by Alone. <laughs> um, so the numbers are increasing there. And I believe, according to Bloomberg, it's due to be an $800 billion industry by 2024, I believe. Um, and then on top of that, you know, we talked about gaming a little bit, touched on that. So we're seeing that 63% of gamers would spend more money on a virtual good, whether it be a skin or a cosmetic of some sort, if it had real world value. So a really big opportunity there, the importance of physical and digital connection. And then you know, we're seeing the location-based uh, entertainment industry. And Vicki, you guys have done some work with The Void specifically, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that, you know, although we got hit hard with COVID, you know, places are starting to open up and we're starting to see more of those location-based experiences as people go back into the world. Um, the AR market, so Vicki touched on AR, and, um, you know, we're seeing that as a $291 billion industry by 2025, so this is in three years, you guys. <laughs> Um, and then in terms of VR gaming itself, we're seeing that as a $92 billion industry. So um, we've been sort of playing in these spaces, and the good news is when we talk about timing, we may have some of it right, Vicki. <laughs> finally. <laughs> right, finally, yes. 30 years. <laughs> um, cool. So now I'll turn it to you. So in looking ahead at the future, you know, some of the themes um, that I think about often is first of all, that our relationship with reality is fundamentally changing. That as we are experiencing things in, um, in VR, AR, and other digital modes, we're actually creating memories that become a part of who we are, even though they're not technically real. And that's pretty profound and something that's worth um, thinking about. Another is that expectations of our audience are becoming much more sophisticated. They're expecting connection, persistence, community, and an ability to personalize the experience um, for themselves. And then finally, boundaries of all kinds are disappearing. And in this particular case, I wanted to show two pictures. Um, this is in relation to a project that we released part two on in uh, September of, the, of 2021. It was called Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge. And what that um, VR experience sought to do was to extend the world of Black Spire Outpost, which is in the um, parks. So we wanted to not duplicate what you know, Walt Disney Imagineering had done so beautifully, but actually extend it. And so in this case, um, on the right is actually Black Spire Outpost at Disneyland, and on the left it's a view of Black Spire Outpost from the VR experience, which the hub is Cecil Slack's Cantina. And for those of you that have been um, to Black Spire Outpost, you know there's um, Oga's Cantina that's down in the main area, and Cecil Slack's is kind of the dive bar up on the, on the ridge. Um, but we allowed um, guests to go out beyond the boundary of Black Spire Outpost. So 
um, Black Spire Outpost is on the planet Batu. And um, we invited people to have experiences that they couldn't, couldn't have in the quote-unquote real world, whether it's because of you know, laws of physics or cost or whatever. But it was, it was really um, quite an extraordinary extension, and it was an example of connected storytelling. The thing we, of course, hadn't anticipated was the pandemic. Um, so we had imagined that many people would first experience Black Spire Outpost in the theme parks and then you know, perhaps be inspired to um, participate in the VR experience. But what happened, of course, was um, many people experienced the VR um, Black Spire Outpost first. The other thing is, is that, as I was saying, we really did not want to duplicate what had been done, but to have it complement. So there is a place in the VR experience, um, Mubo, which is a character that you'll see at Black Spire Outpost. Um, he's like a droid repair person. And his workshop, if you're at the theme park, you know, there's a door that goes to his workshop, you know, the back of his workshop, but you can't go in there. In our experience, you actually go into Mubo's workshop. So it's like, it's like it lives in an adjacent space, one of which is real in the physical world and one of which is in the virtual world. So that's been a really interesting um, sort of opportunity for us and one I hope that we continue to, to build on. Um, so, now I'd like to play the trailer from that particular experience. And it had quite a bit of dimension to it, in contrast to Vader Immortal, whose primary intention really was interactive, um, episodic narrative. Uh, this was a bit more gamey. It had missions, it had legends, and our goal was to just um, have a diversity of really um, rich experiences. And I think you'll get a sense of the breadth from, the, from this trailer. Okay, it's you! Alright, here's the deal. Doc Andar's the outpost's relic wheeler dealer. He's looking for someone to collect something for. It's real dangerous. The goal is to secure the relic, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes isn't me going after the relic. We're not partners, but I'm gonna need your help. I think there are a few new items on the shelves that might catch your eye. You'll find I can be a useful ally, or quite a thorn in your side. Never too old to be a student, that's what I always say. Never Addy. This is where you'll take some of your first steps of the Force. Remember, a Jedi defends. I remember. Challenges push us, make us grow. Let's do some more obstacles then. IG-88, a class four assassin droid. Bounty accepted. Initiating tactical protocols. It'll be a fight the entire way up. I can assure you, droids are superior bounty hunters. Batu is lawless. To control that chaos, what do we call that? Order! Surely we can count on you now. An excellent choice. Hostile, go, go! Ah! 
Blast a couple for me. This little team you've assembled, the allies who helped you today, you'll see our truth. The First Order is forever! I love I love that example, Vicky. Just of connected storytelling, um, like you were saying, in the physical world with the park, and then obviously the you know experience in VR. Uh, what I'm excited about too, talking about the future. Um, you know, Disney has so many rich properties. You know, Star Wars alone, and um, just. What I would love to see is, what is that experience when I go to the park? Does it know what's, what's happened with my play experience in VR? Or what is that content or that story I saw in Disney Plus? Um, and I feel like if anybody could do it, it's, it's probably Disney. And we're probably not that far away, but uh, just with the foundational work that you guys have done here. And you're doing that by being an inter, um, entrepreneur, you know, and driving those changes internally. So I just... I love I love that. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> okay, let's see here. Okay, so this one now um, we were uh, we were just on Batu. Now we're going to go to the moon. <laughs> so this example I'm going to show you guys today. Um, this is a partnership we've been working on with Head Office Space uh, at Merkel. And Head Office Space is really creating the future of work in the metaverse. Um, and it's all about creating connection um, and purposeful, purposeful collaboration. So I'm going to walk you guys through this video. And what this is, it's actually our virtual showroom um, that we are currently using to help educate our teams internally on our new product innovations that we launched at CES. Uh, and we're also using the platform to be a test bed, everything from working with our clients, whether it be messaging testing, whether it be product ideas, um, different ideations, as well as, um, again, just getting quick test and learns uh, without making that big investment. So let's see here. So <laughs> here I am. This is the gateway uh, in head office. And so I'm cruising over. This is my virtual showroom we're being teleported to at the moment. Uh, and here, that is on the side, that's Scan and Know. That's um, one of our, we call our shop next suite of products, retail innovations, bringing customers joy. And Scan and Know is basically uh, a way to extend a retailer's existing website. Um, it integrates into their existing uh, website, customer profiles, and loyalty programs. And basically, if you go into a store and if they've been out of an item, you can scan it. Uh, it'll pull up straight away, and you can have it shipped to your door or add it to your wish list. Um, so something super simple like that um, we got out of a customer need. And so my avatar here is cruising on over. Um, and you know, on this wall here, we actually use that as for learning and development, um, for different training, again, doing uh, messaging testing. 
Uh, we're actually going to be incorporating different scanning abilities. So as we're going through this experience, you can just use your mobile, devi uh, mobile device and have a scan and play. Um, my avatar there is actually going to be cruising on over to our other product here called Unbox It. And we did some quick experimentation there. So this is a, an item you might receive in the post with your package uh, with a QR code. And in this case, you could actually scan that QR code and it goes into our development environment where we have no code technology that we can drag and drop um, different messaging experiences and that sort of thing. And our teams really enjoyed it because it's not just a, a passenger experience, but they can engage with it. Um, and then also a lot of the comments we've heard from our team is like, I don't feel like I'm doing any work. Like, this feels like fun. <laughs> um, so it has, it has been a lot of fun. And again, we wanted to experiment with it in our virtual showroom. And, you know, when it comes to the future of work, I think we're going to see more of these experiences um, that enable teams to just quickly um, drag and drop, you know, not heavy code experiences. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm going back into the, <laughs> into the gateway there. Um, so I think like as we work, when we talk about the future, we're gonna see more of these collaborative experiences. And I think as AI progresses as well, it's gonna be even more critical to, have, like, to be creative, to experiment. Because um, I think the AI is gonna take care of more of the process for us. <laughs> so let's see here. So another um, aspect of you know the idea of boundaries disappearing is this is a um, one of the boundaries that's disappearing is the boundary between our stories and adventures and our bodies. Um, this is a company called Helium. It was a team that I met a few years ago. They call themselves an empathy agency, and they're really using biometric data to drive experiences. Um, and so they inspired us to do a test. And if you've done Vader Immortal, you know that early in that scene, there's this moment where you have to unlock what's called the Corvax cube. Uh, and in VR, you do it with the controller. But what if um, you, if you were able to lower your heart rate as measured by a smartwatch to a meditative state, you could then use the force to unlock the Corvax cube. You know, there's, it's interesting sort of thinking like that about um, really using our bodies to engage with our experiences in new and different ways. And AR also allows us to remove boundaries of another kind. So this was another part of our strategic collaboration with Magic Leap, and we created an augmented reality location-based um, experience in a large ballroom. So you can see a picture of the, the ballroom here, and you can see that there's some physical props in the, um, in the mid-ground. But when I play this, which is essentially a recreation of the scene from Hoth, um, watch how we opened up the physical world at the back of the ballroom.
<laughs> so one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's really an appeal to all of you, is to apply, look for ways to apply your talents um, for the greater good. And we, we did a project um, at, in December of 2021, but it sort of started in, in May of 2021. Uh, I had just learned about NFTs. I was arguably late to the um, party, but um, nonetheless, I was quite intrigued by the idea. And I was talking to an artist friend of mine, um, Drew Kataka, who is a um, globally renowned artist, activist, and technologist. And I was talking to her about NFTs and, and um, what the opportunities were, what the challenges were, et cetera. And we decided to try to um, do an NFT for good, to do a co-collaboration where the ILMX lab team literally brought to life her, um, her vision. And we would mint an NFT, um, so it was a movie file, we would mint an NFT and then we would, 100% of the proceeds would go to two deserving nonprofits. In this case, it was the King Center and Stop AAPI Hate. Um, this particular article um, highlighted the fact that, the, you know, we were, this was essentially five organizations Drew Kataka Studios, ILMX Lab, um, the King Center, Stop AAPI Hate, and Philips, which was the actual um, uh, auction platform all of which were led by women. And that was somewhat unusual in a still pretty male-dominated space. But one other learning about this, and then I'll talk about the NFT in particular, is we tried traditional means of press, reaching out to all the press that we typically reach out to when we launch a, a title and so forth. And this was one of the very few features that um, actually got placed. And I realized in retrospect, and we talked quite a bit, a bit about this after the fact, is it was just too new for traditional press. I think that they didn't feel comfortable with fully understanding what it was that we were doing and um, what the ramifications of what we were doing and so forth. So what actually turned out to be true is community was everything. And we both launched and wrapped the, um, the auction on Clubhouse, where there was quite a community. And I, I believe that's where many of the actual bidders came from. So um, this next is the trailer for the NFT piece. It was, um, Drew's vision was inspired by an ancient Egyptian legend, which was about the weighing of the heart against a feather to determine if um, we're worthy to move beyond this life to the next.
So in the end, um, we, as I said, we launched and wrapped the auction on Clubhouse, but we raised more than $250,000, which 100% of which went to these two organizations. And I think more important even than the money that flowed to the organizations, which was obviously important, but is our hope that we can inspire others to undertake similar kinds of initiatives for social impact and good. Yeah. <laughs> and the one, one last thing I just wanted to say, and we sort of have said this throughout the comments, is, is that um, Pioneer requires taking risks, and innovating demands courage. You have to be willing to take leaps of faith, and if you're the faint of heart, uh, you know, um, entrepreneurship, pioneering, pushing the state of the art is, is not for you. Um, but I suspect everyone who is here is actually bold and inventive and inspired, and I really hope that um, that you leave here and are excited about the the future that you can create. Yeah, could could not agree more. Um, and we just really want to encourage everybody here, no matter how big or small. If there's something you're thinking about trying, you know, whether it is a new technology, whether it's art, no matter what it is, just Go out there and try. You don't. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to go big. You can go small. Build, learn, but just like just 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 do it. You know, <laughs> just do it. <laughs> and um, you know, with with that being said, you know, jump into your X wing. Go on your journey, and uh, and also please please stay connected with us. We'd love to connect with everybody here. And if there's anything we can do to help, reach out. Thank you. Thank you.